you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. Hi, guys. Welcome to the last day of our special bonus series, Setting Limits with Kids Without Spanking Timeouts or Sticker Charts. And this is going to be training number five getting you ready for our big coach week, our live experience where we're going to go more in depth on these topics. And I'm going to get to coach you guys live and meet some of you delightful podcast listeners. I'm so excited. So make sure you go and sign up for uh, setting limits without spanking timeouts or sticker charts. Go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash setting limits, all one word, and can't wait to see you. Enjoy training number five. Well, we're here. Welcome to video five of setting limits with your strong-willed child without spanking, timeouts, or sticker charts. And this is video five of our five-part video series. So to recap what you've learned so far about the ineffective discipline strategies for helping your child to improve their behavior. Spanking, major no-no, reinforces violent behavior. We're not doing that. Timeout, better than spanking. However, it's still not the most effective discipline strategy because it ultimately leads to less connection, rebellion, teaches kids to lie, not good. Sticker charts, although better than spanking, probably better than timeout, you got the positive reinforcement piece. It actually counteracts a child's natural desire to do the right thing and, and fostering that intrinsic motivation that allows people to feel proud of themselves and feel a sense of accomplishment and get that natural dopamine high. So yeah, no. And it reinforces entitlement and what's in it for me, that what's in it for me mentality. Nobody wants, nobody wants their kids to grow up to be those kids. So let's talk about what actually helps kids improve their behavior. Finally. Okay. I like to call it being a nice parent, a nice parent that solves problems right? And NICE, N-I-C-E, is just my acronym that I take people through, which is a problem-solving method. We assess basic needs, N. We investigate behavior because all behavior is communication, I, investigate. We communicate, C, with empathy and what I call pack leadership, which is really assertive 
communication and learning how to be a direct and assertive leader that your kids will listen to. Changing all that nonsense, bad, faulty conditioning that many of us received as females to be camp counselor mom and never be seen too harsh. Like, no, our kids need us to be literal. They need to tell, they need us to tell them what we expect and they need us to hold them accountable, but without being jerks, right? So we communicate with empathy, which is we see their perspective, we get it and pack leadership. We set boundaries and we know how to hold them accountable. And these are skills. These are communication skills that we can use everywhere in our lives. And most of us don't have these leadership. The number one issue I have seen with most moms is, and most women, we, and this was me too included. We have no clue how to have boundaries. We don't even know exactly what boundaries are. We don't know how to establish them. We don't do it in our lives with our with our spouses, with our friends, with our kids, with our parents. And this is why there's so many exhausted women out there. It's because we have no freaking clue how to establish those boundaries and to work on our own sense of self-worth and enoughness to be able to have boundaries, to say no to the things we want to say no to and yes to the things we want to say yes to. And so it's a big part of this. So we communicate with empathy and pack leadership. And that helps us to establish boundaries and enforce consequences. Remember the consequences from what was that video Two consequences, like consequences are cause and effect. When you do this, then this happens. Consequences are the best teachers, but to be able to enforce consequences, the kind that actually do accomplish that cause and effect, there's a very nuanced, specific way to do it. And most people are interchanging consequences and punishment and they're slapping the name consequence on a punishment and kids 12 and under don't learn how to improve their behavior through negative punishment methods. And so therefore it's, it's not working. It's just groundhog day. The same thing again and again and again. Okay. So where do you begin? Okay. Where do you begin? Look, I have a whole program. I have a sequence of programs that teaches all of these amazing life-changing skills. This is really, this is parenting and personal development sort of under one umbrella. And so how can I help you to get started on this without just saying you have to go and do the program right now? Let me give you some bite-sized nuggets to get started. Okay, because I want you to walk away from this five-part video series really having learned something, but also knowing where do I start? Because remember, guys, overwhelm is the enemy. Overwhelm is the enemy. And the way we create, I've studied so much about behavior change. I've changed so many of my own behaviors over the years. And what I know is that real behavior change comes from a series of really small actions. Okay. So we just need to get started somewhere. Okay. So here's some bullets to help you get started. Start. And it's always like, not the shiny, exciting stuff. It's this, it's like the shit we don't want to deal with, but I promise you guys, this is where I start every single parent that I work with. When I work with you specifically, this is where I start you sleep. 
exhausted, people suck. Your kids suck when they're exhausted. You suck when you're exhausted. You're not able to access all the amazing executive, you know, thinking skills in your thinking brain. You are in your emotional brain when you're exhausted. Nobody's going to be their best selves. So remember, all humans require enough rest that your body wakes up in the morning not feeling tired. Kids need way more rest than we realize. A good rule of thumb, okay, now give or take, but a good rule of thumb that I always sort of lived by is 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. Now, of course, when they're five and under and they're having naps and you've got babies, you know, this deviates. But for the most part, from the age of four or five and beyond, like think 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. Now, it might be 7.30 a.m. to 6.30 in my house. I don't personally like to see or talk to anyone before 7 a.m. I naturally wake up around 7 a.m. So from 8 p.m. to 7 a.m., I always consider that my time, adult time, 11 hours. I got 11 hours to myself. And that's what I want for you too. Let me tell you something. You show up as a different person when you get 11 hours of adult time and you deserve that. You deserve 11 hours. So 11 hours. Okay. If you miss the window of getting them to bed, you know, between seven 30 and eight 30, if you miss that window, and if you're one of those freak show people who get your kids to bed at six and six 30, more power to you. I've heard about you guys. I never could get it together by then. It's just not my way, but I know that you exist. And the bottom line is, is that if you're getting your kids to bed at six or six 30 and that works for you and they sleep till six or six 30 and like, that's a beautiful thing. Okay. That's a beautiful thing. That's just not my way. My way was always 8 PM to 7 AM. If you miss seven 30 to eight 30, Kids get a second wind and usually will party until sometime between 10 and 11. So they're up and down, out of their bed, out of their bed, out of their bed. Because overtired, exhausted kids will show up as hyperactive. I've heard so many parents be like, oh, my kids just don't need as much sleep. They're up and down, up and down. Then they finally fall asleep at 10 or 11. And then it's choppy sleep all night long. It's almost like they never get into that really deep REM sleep. And there's, you know, there's so many kids out there, you guys, who are walking around chronically exhausted. Let me tell you something, sleep deprivation and ADHD symptoms, very similar, very similar. It makes me crazy because I know so many people who are like, I think my, especially in these like strong-willed child um, social media groups that aren't, you know, aren't being, they're not facilitated by like a parenting coach or somebody who's who's really in charge. And so it's just a bunch of moms giving feedback back and forth. And there's a lot about diagnoses. It's very rare. You go to the doctor, the teacher's telling you your kid can't focus and yada, yada, yada. And very rarely do I ever hear anybody doing a sleep analysis and really assessing how much sleep is this child getting? What if they've been walking around for literally years of sleep deprivation? So I'm really crazy about the sleep. Like number one, we start with sleep. Okay. We start with sleep and there's lots of sleep resources out there. There's even sleep coaches. There's sleep books. I had to read them when my kids were little, just know your number one priority is sleep. Okay. 
Number two, another cliff note, bullet. Where do you start? All behavior is communication. So you've got to investigate as a nice parent. Parent, A nice parent is just basically a parent that doesn't act like a jerk to solve problems, to help your kids improve their behavior, right? You do things, you're a grounded grown-up, you're learning new skills, you're communicating with empathy and pack leadership. We've got to investigate and get to the root of the behavior. So if you've got a chronic hitter, like what happened right before you hit? Tell me more. Tell me what was going on. And if you have a kid that sh mm, shuts down, it's because they probably just had a lot of consequences slapped on them and nobody's helped them develop the skills for managing their big feelings, getting to the root of their frustration, helping them learn the skills, sniffing in the flowers and blowing out the birthday candles and practicing it and practicing it and practicing it at a non-relevant time so that when they experience those big emotions, they know what to do and you can remind them and you can help them develop those skills. So all behaviors communication. If you have a kid that says, I don't care if you take the things away. If you have the kid who is just chronically shut down, shutting you out, shut down, being rude and nasty to all the other family members, hurting their siblings constantly, we have to get to the root of the behavior. It's not just because they're strong-willed. There's a reason all behaviors communication. There's a reason they're doing that. And they're just a little kid. What they want the adults in their life to do is to get curious and to be like, okay, like this kid is acting on the outside the way they feel on the inside. If they knew how to tell me what was going on, they would tell me. They're showing me in their behavior. It's up to me to play detective and to figure out what's really going on for my kid. Right. It might be. I mean, I, there was this one kid. The mom came. She was getting calls from school. He was in kindergarten or first grade. And she was getting calls. She was like, every day, I'm just I like, have a knot in my stomach. I don't know when I'm going to get the call from school. And he's he was, you know, he's violent. He was under his desk growling at people, growling at the teacher. And it turned out the kid, we ended up getting him evaluated with an occupational therapist he had dysgraphia. And you know when he was having these crazy episodes? Every day at journaling time. It was so difficult for him, but he was just a little kindergartner or first grader. He didn't know how to explain my hand won't move like all the other kids. I feel like crap about myself. Why won't my hand work? I can't do the assignment. I'm going to get in trouble. He couldn't even put words to that. All he could do was he felt like he was under attack. All he could do was go under his desk and growl at people. Okay, we've got to investigate all behaviors communication. Communicate with empathy and establish boundaries and structure. All right, I already went into that a little bit. And as you probably know, most of us are terrible with this. I am not a naturally structured or systematic person. These are all skill sets we can hone, we can develop, we can learn. If I've learned it, I'm a rebel tendency. I don't like systems and structure. And I love my kids. They needed more structure. They needed systems. I had to figure out how to have an evening routine that pretty much went the same every single night so that they knew what to expect. It helped them to feel more grounded and safe in the world. So I did what I had to do. 
And ultimately it led to my own self-care because then it forced me to have to put myself to bed earlier and take care of myself better. And so it was all good, but I also fucked the system. That's what you do when you're a grown up. You do it anyway. You do what needs to get done, right? Like we're the grown up people. So we have to show up as the grownups. And remember, you got to connect before you correct. So a lot of times we want to slap all the, you know, we see all these misbehaviors and people come in and they're just like, well, what can the consequence be? And what's an appropriate consequence? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you've got a kid in shutdown mode, that's super defensive and resistant to everything and just constantly showing up with all these misbehaviors, we got to go back and do some damage control because no one wants to learn something new or improve their behavior if they don't feel like you're truly on their team. We have to connect before we correct, okay? So here's a, let me read um, a scenario for you guys. Okay, this is from a mom who posted in one of these groups. I'm crying every day. My three-year-old just pushes my buttons and doesn't sleep. So I'm so frustrated and angry with her a lot. And I was abused as a child. I yell at her and I've spanked her at times, even though I don't believe in spanking. So for sure, this mom who was abused was spanked because when she was in her emotional brain, that's just what came online for her. But I don't want to be this kind of a parent. I don't want to be the kind of parent I had for her. I just called a hotline to get referrals for some parenting help. And I was basically told that they report. So whatever I told them, now we're on a list or something. I have not abused her. I was just looking for anger management resources and help so I could feel empowered and not helpless and so that I can be the best mom for her. I hung up because I got nervous that CPS was going to come. I don't know where to turn to get help without being reported as an abuser. I'm sobbing. I am a good parent. Why is it so hard to get help? Okay. I feel this mom's pain. I feel so much empathy for her. And this is the problem. Most of us just don't know what to do. And we don't have the skill set because we were raised with the old school authoritarian methods for shaming kids, spanking kids, having kids live in fear, taking away their freedoms. We didn't know how to, we don't know how to do it differently because it wasn't done for us, right? So take, we have to invest our time and our energy into learning how to retrain our own brain so that we are able to do it differently. And so, okay, so, so this basically touched upon all the things that we're not supposed to do and it introduced you to some new methods, you know, in terms of what does boundaries look like? What does structure in your household look like? What does having everyone get enough rest look like? Like this mom that says, I can't get her to sleep. This is a, you know, remember chronically sleep deprived kids, they, they present as hyper. So it's going to, she's, she's going to need some support to help sleep train this child and get this child's nervous system back to a calmer place where she finally can get the rest that she needs. I mean, luckily, look, this mom came to me. She's only, the child's only three. It's, 
it's a lot harder. I mean, it's still totally doable. And we do this all the time when a child's 13 or older, but at three, like three-year-olds are so malleable. Like it will not be so hard to get this back on track. So, okay. Let's talk about what we can, what you can do next. Okay. I hope you've gotten some valuable insights. Um, I think, I think you understand at this point why spanking timeouts and sticker charts are not the way to go and how they can even be damaging. If you want a peaceful and calm home and you really truly want to raise healthy humans, learning how to become a nice parent that solves problems, assessing basic needs, investigating behavior, communicating with pack leadership and empathy and enforcing boundaries and consequences, right? That's how you solve problems. That's the recipe. Um, I discussed the concept of nice parenting and being a mastermind parent on my podcast, the mastermind parenting podcast, which I encourage you to listen to for more support. As soon as you start learning these skills and really practicing how to solve problems as a nice parent, I want you to know you're going to start seeing more respect from your kids because your household's going to be running smoothly. You will automatically gain more respect from your kids. You'll have a much better relationship with your child. And I have a lot of tangible tools that help you to really develop a better relationship so that you can connect before you start correcting. This method also helps kids to do better socially at school. It really, you know, you, they learn, they learn by our example. So you're modeling how to be a civilized person that solves problems. You're showing up with empathy. You're seeing their perspective. You're working on developing better skills for, to manage your upset. Guess what happens when we do that for our kids? They go out into the world and that's what they model. Guess what happens in terms of their relationships with other people? Other people want to be around people who know how to do this. So it improves your child's life socially. You have less stress and less worry when you start to live your life and run your home in this way. You know what this ends up doing? It's like me saying like 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. Like love my kids, loved them to pieces. 8 p.m. to 7 a.m., adult time. So when you start to run your life like this, it frees up time where you don't have to feel like a martyr, where you get to have more time for your career, your hobbies, your relationships, your marriage, right? Like this is the recipe that will let you feel like you're winning. You're winning. Finally, you're creating the life. You're designing the life that you've always wanted. So listen to the podcast. And I hope you've got some great, great tools and tips from this video series. And I love sharing it with you. Bye. Well, if you've enjoyed listening to the Setting Limits bonus series this week, you must join me live for our Setting Limits Coach Week. Next week, where I'm going to be going more in depth and coaching many of you through your specific scenarios. So you're going to be ready to set limits as a confident, loving leader that makes fun, beautiful memories during the summer of 2022 and beyond. 2022 and beyond. Go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash setting limits to sign up. I cannot wait to see you guys next week.